Comedy LOL Podcast Network. is like the beginning of the podcast normally where it's just us going back and forth <laughs> oh. oh yeah before it starts yes. like right now this part yeah <laughs> maybe i'll leave it up maybe if people are hearing this they're lucky and they won't know that i'm stalling because i can't find the quote that i sent you which i know is a picture so i'm scrolling and it we sent too many pictures to each other all right everybody Here's today's quote. It is, be careful when you cast out your demons that you don't throw away the best part of yourself. I love that. I'm going to say that again. Be careful when you cast out your demons that you don't throw away the best part of yourself. And that's by Frederick Nietzsche. Yeah, I love this too. Um, I kind of feel like it gives you a moment to have a little bit of self-reflection of like, wow, um, what's he really saying here? That a lot of times if people identify things as like their demons, it is something that ne- that doesn't necessarily have to be negative. It could be positive. Um, and maybe it's a motivator for them. Yeah, and I've come across this concept recently. There's this, um, I guess you could say like modern day philosopher. He's kind of a conspiracy theorist too, but it's he does a lot of work with psychology. And he studies a lot of Otto Rank, um Carl Jung, Schelling, all these people. And he has this idea, and he doesn't claim it's his own. He's just sharing it. He said that he thinks that other people had it, just kind of got buried, that when you do have these deep, dark parts of yourself and this anxiety, it's kind of what the anxiety is telling you is that you need to integrate these dark parts of yourself. You have to find out how to make it work, and you can't deny it. So if there are because if you can make it's it's just like it's symboled in the yin and the yang the dark and the light if you try to just hide the darkness and reject it and repress it and cast it away it's never going to work so you have to integrate it you have to own it you have to get to know yourself so you can work out what those dark things are trying to tell you absolutely and i think that you can even apply that even to like um some kind of um medical issues like anxiety or depression or things like that because I think that you know my sister my twin sister said it best when she said that a lot of times people want to overlook any kind of symptoms or feelings and eventually it just kind of bubbles up and then you explode if you don't deal with it yeah very true and I'm glad that you brought up insomnia because this could be another sign and what he was saying his name is Michael Tessarian what he was saying in a recent book that he wrote was that this anxiety or this not being able to sleep, it could be your true self accessing the shadow parts of you to use it like a messenger to let you know that you're not on the right path. You know, maybe your career, you're making like a couple hundred grand a year and you're killing it, but you're not really happy. You're not on the path that your true self feels you should be. So that's the price that you pay. So there's nothing wrong with it. You know, like everybody has to learn and everybody has to do their own path. So if that's what you're doing, it's great. It's just that that's the real price you're paying is your, your authentic self is like, yo, we should be out there. I don't know, whatever it is, you know, creating art really. 
So that's why I, I try to recommend now to people to just start doing art drawing or music or whatever it is in your free time just to, to explore it. Absolutely. I think, and then sometimes the, the subconscious or the parts that you have hidden can come out and be expressed in a positive way. Yeah, for sure. Especially through art. That's, I mean, that's the best way I think to express yourself, any kind of art, even if you're doing comedy, whatever it is, writing. You know, there was a quote in Saved by the Bell where they say, what is art? Are we art? Is art art? So when you say express yourself through art, it literally could be anything. That's right. Art is not art, by the way, just so you know. Exactly. My friend Art, he's not art. He's terrible. He's Arthur. I don't know why I keep calling him Art. He gets really pissed. All right. Let's go on to what we're talking about today. We are still in our cup series. Now we're on to the court card. So today we're going to be talking about the page of cups. It's the first person, um, not number card that we're seeing. And we're going to also be talking about the justice card. And... We are not talking about any numbers because we finished our 1 through 10, and 11 would technically be reduced down to a 2, which we've already talked about. You can go back and listen to that episode. So let's get right in here. Um, I'm kind of excited about this because I think a lot of times when people see court cards, I know at least from my perspective when they would come up, it would almost be like a mild disappointment, like what is this? Um, But now I see kind of the way that I've interpreted it um like how much stronger for me they kind of come through in a reading and it also can be a reflection of an actual person in your life whereas i think a lot of times the numbers are more concepts and ideas these could be actual people that you could be looking out for so that's just my preface getting into this um let's go right in here um to talking about the page of cups i'm just going to describe the card like i always do i'm going to do my best so you've got like this grayish background and you have a solitary figure standing right in the center and the figure has their hand on their hip and uh, the other hand is holding a cup and they're standing with their feet kind of toes pointed out and they're wearing a blue tunic with flowers on it and a blue beret with like a scarf over it and in the cup there's a blue fish down at the figure's feet you've got like these rolling waves and they're standing on a yellow ground. So there's my description of the Page of Cups. If you want to see what it looks like, you can always look at our Instagram, at Terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, and the number 2. Brandon updates that every single week so you can see what the cards look like. Or you can Google it, Rider Weight Tarot, Page of Cups. All right, so let's talk initial thoughts here. What, what were you thinking? Initially, this looks like somebody who's... He looks proud of an achievement, maybe like he just won an award or he was just able to say he, it looks like somebody who just got their first paycheck <laughs> and spent it on something and is like really proud of it. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel. And the fact that it's a fish in the cup, it just it really throws me to the uh, astrological aspect of these cards. I feel the like they're really trying to emphasize that. I I totally agree about that, and I think that it's so funny that you said proud because I said um, when I first looked at this card, and I was trying to go back um, because I had been anticipating that we were getting to the court cards, and these have come up a little bit more in in readings that I've done for people, but I said that initially when I looked at it, I said there's – I felt like a cockiness that's associated with youth because he seems so proud of whatever it is that's happening in this card, good or Mm -hmm. bad. Like it's one of those – it doesn't matter because – you know, you can't tell a young person anything. 
young person. How old am I? <laughs> and then I said, um, there is a uh, naivete of being able to do anything. Because you know how a, a young person, again, a young person, but it's one of those, like, the world is their oyster, and they think nothing's going to happen to them. They think they can do anything and achieve anything. And then not saying that they can't, um, but there's kind of more realistic ideas out there as you grow up of, of what you actually can do with your life and I guess maybe with your paychecks. Um, so that was my initial thought when I looked at the card. <laughs> um, all right, so let's look at the different parts of the card. I've been spending a lot of time on this one because I was like, what do I think each of these things mean? Because at face value, I mean, it just looks like a person holding a cup, right? So let's look at um, their outfit. First, do you think that this is a boy or a girl? Originally, it looks like a boy to me, mm -hmm. but I know that they love to play with androgyny, so I always try to keep my mind open. But for me, it feels like it's a boy. I would agree but with I am, you. I am a boy. I don't know if you know this. So maybe that's why. <laughs> no, but, well, I'm not a boy, and I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would agree with you that it's a boy. Um, it makes me a little disappointed, though, because I wish that the court cards were more evenly split, two boys, two girls. Um, and as we go through, we're going to see that they're, they're if we're going to say that the page is a boy, it's not necessarily like that. For me, as I said, like these could be figures or actual people in your life. If this came up, I think it would be more of a question mark. It wouldn't say like this is a definite masculine energy or a feminine energy. It would be like this is just a person. And then that masculine or femininity could be defined as you're going through the personality traits. Yeah, as we said before, a lot of times when we refer to masculine and feminine, it's more about energy. So that exists in both males and females. And also in the Thoth deck and the Crowley deck, which we'll be talking about later, they represent this part. It's the princess of cups. So they do acknowledge that feminine energy of the card so that it gives you the better, the better balance. Yes, and I love that. Um, honestly, that's why I just kind of <clears throat> threw that in there. All right, so let's look at the outfit here or the garb. What were your thoughts? He looks like he's going out to party. Like, this guy is really, like I said, he's, he got his first paycheck mm -hmm. at Daddy's Paper Mill or whatever it is he's doing. And um, whatever the kids do these days, he's working at Baskin-Robbins. But um, I love how it's the flowers mm -hmm. because we've talked about flowers a bunch of times, and especially because they're on these really long stems so they can represent the lotus, which comes up through the mud, you know, starts in the mud, comes up through the water to the sunlight. And it represents the change that you have to go through. So that could be part of his, what's going on. Because the page is the beginning of the court card. Yes. So it symbolizes, much like the fool, it's the beginning of the journey. So that's, I think that's all another reason why it's so bright. Because it's the youth, like you said before. It's the naïteve. <laughs> He's very naive, everybody. Um, <laughs> I. Um... So, yeah. You know, it's, it's not soiled by a long journey. He's just starting out. I totally agree with you, and for me looking at it, again, because I spent so much time looking at it for the past few days, um, I kind of, you know, we've talked about color association, and I've talked about how when I obviously see the blue, I'm going to be thinking about water. Obviously, these are the uh, cards that deal with the water signs, um, which we'll talk about that when we get to the fish, 
but I'm talking about emotion here when I'm talking about water. And I just think because he's or she is clad in this blue tunic and this scarf is even going up over their head. It's like one of those, you know, children can be ruled by emotions. They're not necessarily ruled by logic and they let their emotions dictate how they're going to act and what they're going to do. And the fact that the, the blue and the flowers are coming up, it just shows like it's overtaking kind of the mind. And that's how I have that childlike perspective of like, I'm going to just listen to my own intuition and my own feelings and my own thoughts and let that dictate how I'm going to live my life and how I'm going to act. And they seem very secure in that. It's not like a question. It's like, nope, this is what I'm going to do. It's like, I feel like doing this, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. I like that. And also, if you look at the way his or their head is covered, they, it's, they have no peripheral vision. They can't see to the left or the right. So they're, like you were saying, they're very narrow mm-hmm. in their focus. And that's what they're trying to show us there. Yeah. And I love how the scarf almost looks like a wave. Um, we see a lot of water, obviously, in these cards. But it looks like it's like kind of washing over their head, you know, and just kind of overtaking any kind of logical thought. Yeah, I didn't even see that. I love it. All right, let's move on to the fish. Because it's another blue thing in the card. What were your thoughts on the fish? As I said before, it just, um, I think it's trying to show us that Piscean energy. Mm-hmm. It's a the shout out to the, um, and also to the age too, because if you look at the way that the Zodiac is in the ages, we have the age of Pisces, which was when Jesus was around. I think that's the age that just ended in 2012, and now we're in the age of Capricorn. So that's what people say. That's kind of why people say how Jesus was always represented as a fisherman and all that stuff. So he was the fisherman of souls. Yeah, um, fisher so I, of men. I think it's kind <laughs> of giving a, a shout-out to that whole, maybe even the whole idea of Jesus, or the whole concept of Jesus, because the, if you could think of that as the Holy Grail right there, so that's another one of these artifacts, and then the fish inside is just kind of like the shout-out to the Christ, which, even if you're not a Christian, or if you are a Christian, especially if you are a Christian, you shouldn't focus, <laughs> if you are, I mean, I don't want to tell you what you should do, but I think if you are a Christian and you believe Jesus was a real person, he was somebody who was all about, you know, love thy neighbor, and you have to know yourself, and if you don't know yourself, you can't help other people kind of thing. That's what you can glean from a lot of what he said. So I think this is just telling you, again, that you should trust in yourself and that you have to find your own way with the Holy Grail. What do you think? Now, I went the total opposite of that. Like, I said, like, this is so random, you know, in terms of, like, okay, why would there be – I mean, maybe he caught it from the water behind him or something like that. But it was one of those, again, because I am associating this with youth and someone that's younger, there's just like a randomness to it of like, you know, if you've spent a lot of time with kids, a lot of the things that they come up with seem really random, but in their head it makes sense. Like, I'm going to do this. I, I'm going to put this fish in this cup. And then <laughs> yeah. it's like you're looking at it and it's like, okay, well, what is he going to use this for? That cup cannot be the fish's house it's way too small but he also now can't drink from it but there clearly was a purpose because if you look at his face he's not disappointed he looks like surprised but also happy like yep this is this is what's supposed to happen right here um so for me it just kind of again goes back to that like creative nature of of a younger person being like um 
you know, in their head it makes sense, and they're going to try something out. And that's what I love about kids is they're always willing to try things out, um, and there's not necessarily this focus on failure. It's like, well, I'm going to put this fish in this cup. We'll see what happens. And as an adult, you'd be like, why are you doing that? That makes no sense. But in their head, it's like, I'm going to try it out. We'll see what's going to happen here, and then we'll go from there, you know. Um, so for me, it was just that randomness and that creativeness and something a little bit more. Kind of like something that's emerging also because it's his head is yeah, just like starting to poke out. out of the cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that it could symbolize it in that way as well. Absolutely. All right, let's go to the water. I'm going through all of our blue things here. So the water in the background. Okay, so um, I'm just, again, going back to, like, the emotions. And, again, if you spent time with kids, you do know that there is um, an emotionality there. And they can be happy one second and then having a temper tantrum the next. And also, it's like, when does that stop? Like, when does that stop being acceptable? Why do we stop letting ourselves kind of feel those things and live through those emotions? I can't tell you how many times I've seen kids have a temper tantrum in the past couple weeks where I'm like, dude, same, (laughs) except I'm not acting like that, and I wish I could. Um, But I think that it's just kind of like the highs and lows of different feelings, and I think that because there's so many lines here, it's not just like it's multiple waves. There's all these different feelings, and because they're just standing in front of them, it's like they're allowing themselves to go through all of those emotions and feel all those different things. I think that is really important. That's something that I'm trying to work into my life. And the temper tantrum thing, you can go even deeper because I I think that's great because you can let your emotion out. And if you see, you know, I think if you have a child that's doing it, probably just let them go, right? Just Mm -hmm. let them do it. (laughs) Because if you reward that, if you reward that behavior by giving in, then he's just going to teach him behaviors and then they're going to do it their whole life. But, um... (laughs) <laughs> enough par- enough parenting advice but <laughs> from two I, I people who have no kids <laughs> if you yeah if you uh if you go deeper though in the temper tantrum and i think what you should do is go in and find out why it's happening what is leading up to this a lot of it is or most times we suffer it's because of a lack of acceptance of something so there's something that we're not accepting we just put our feet down and say, this is it. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's good to use anger in a righteous way. Because uh, it, it is an indicator of something's going wrong in your life and you're getting angry. Instead of, you know, you have to stop and examine that and say, what's going on here? Is there something wrong? Is there something I need to change? Is somebody overstepping some boundaries and I need to let it out? Because even like going back to Jesus, remember he overturned all the tables in the temple from the merchants because he was all pissed off at them. So this was displaying that righteous anger that I'm talking about. Sometimes you have to let it out and let people know. But going back to what I was saying, if you can examine the source of what you're not accepting in your life and what it is, and maybe it's something that you can learn to accept and then learn to let go, learn to let go of this rage. But while you have that rage, you're right. It's so much better to let it out <laughs> instead of keeping it held in. And I lately have been letting it out a lot, mostly by laughing because I'm realizing how silly the world really is Yes. Mm-hmm. sometimes. And it, it just makes me laugh. Um, and I think that's healthy as well. Well, you know, they say laughter is the best medicine. Um, but I just want to bring this back to the quote that we started with. So I think that a lot of times, you know, children don't necessarily have the appropriate skills or vocabulary to voice 
what they're feeling or where their emotions are coming from. But I think the most important thing to take from it is they're letting them out. They don't keep them in. Right. So they're letting it out. And then it's like they can move on from that. And I think there's something so pure about that that adults lose as they're taught to, like, be quiet and not say those types of things. Even if we're going to go back to your example of Jesus, like, you know, a child, if they were angry, would probably throw themselves on the floor and start crying and screaming and stuff like that. And look what he did. He took it out on other people. Right. He, like, caused, like, actual damage in, like, a physical place, you know. Mm -hmm. And we want to say that 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 when a child has a temper tantrum, that looks really childish. But to me, kind of that type of behavior of taking it out on another person or on another person's property is really childish. There's something so pure and kind of like there's an ownership there of those emotions. Like I'm not going to get involved with you. I'm dealing with my own shit right now. I can't tell you exactly what's going on, but I'm Mm -hmm. real upset. Just give me a minute and then I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, and – Really quickly, just to add, because I love to throw in stuff like this. <laughs> if So you were saying how adults repress their emotions, but is that natural? Have adults always oppressed and repressed? I'm sorry, repressed their emotions? Oppressed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of like a Freudian slip, um, <laughs> the oppression thing. So why do you think it is that we do repress? And then also think to yourself, if you have a society of adults that mostly repress their rage and their anger and their discontent. What does that make them? You know, that makes them much more malleable mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's easier to control them, you know, yes. it makes them better slaves. So, you know, and it's easier to, to put that, that those emotions, they have to go somewhere. Eventually they're going to go somewhere. So it's yeah, easier. They're going right, to go like... into, you know, they, they can, we can get into this. You could talk about this for hours, but they can manifest in poor health, you know, and then a whole, <laughs> A whole uh, huge business constra- could uh, pop out of trying to cure this, all these symptoms, when the underlying problem is just this repression of anger. And where does the anger come from? The lack of acceptance, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you just, I, I really feel I've found in my life when I have an issue, instead of going after these symptoms, if I could just dig deeper and just keep going backwards, it's that apophatic method that I've talked about. It's the, it's the, method of truth discovery where you just eliminate everything that is untrue you know and then you get to the truth so it's the same thing you're just going backwards and you're you know what's this what's why am i feeling these you know but i think there's okay, I'm, I'm feeling this way because these are the people in my life who treat me this way all right why are they treating me this way what's wrong with them is that a them issue is this a me issue you know do i need to take things personally we've talked about all this before but just to touch on it quickly but so, you just um, said a mouthful there. I think there's an ownership yeah. of being able to self-reflect and see, like, where are my feelings coming from? Why am I feeling this way? And I think a lot of people don't want to think that there's something wrong with them. So it's always like, I'm feeling this way because you or they, and there's not, like, a an ownership there. Yeah, ownership is the exact word that popped into my head. I really feel, not that it's wrong, but if you do it or not, but... Man, if it just feels better to take responsibility and to take ownership, even if you know things go wrong at my job, like I'm a wedding DJ, even if it wasn't something I directly did, if I'm in charge in that situation, I'll just own up to it. You yes, know? exactly. And it just feels so much better. Like a quick example, we went to play a song. It was a Spanish couple, and they were a uh, father-daughter dance. They wanted, and they gave me this version, or they told me about it, and I played it in the meeting, and it worked. But it happened like it was like an instrumental version that I just had. It didn't have all the words or something, but the beginning was it's, it was exactly the same song. So when they heard it, they're like, "Oh yeah!" So I played it, 
at the wedding. This was in the meeting when I played it, right? So I play at the wedding for the actual dance, and they danced. And then after, they're like, oh, that was the wrong version. And the father really wanted to dance with her. So I'm like, oh, let's just do it again. So I made an announcement after all that before dinner. I'm like, hey, guys, my mistake. We played the wrong version. And, you know, the other people, one guy I was working with was like, oh, just say, you know, whatever. And he was, like, trying to cover himself. I'm like, no, we. it was a mistake it's their wedding day, right. bro. You know, like just own it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And it just made me feel better. And afterwards it came up to me like, oh yeah, like think of the Steve Harvey example when he announced the wrong Miss Universe winner. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, right? And then he owned it. That was so inspirational to me. I saw that because he could have just said whatever he wanted to. He could have been like, that oh, was the wrong name, whatever the card. He could have blamed anybody and they would have believed him, but he took it. He owned it. And that was powerful yes absolutely i feel like we've kind of digressed here though from the page of cups yeah yeah let's let's <laughs> so keep this let's go back moving. let's let's kind of reshift kind of drive ourselves back here talking about the page of cups um i think the only other thing i want to talk about is the sky um because i normally am very inspired by the backgrounds or the skies in the cards and what were your thoughts on this background if you had any um I think that a lot of times they show the the sky this way, and it's kind of like the white with the blue mm-hmm. in the version that I'm looking at. So I think they're just trying to um, show like a peaceful quality of what's going on in the background. There's no turbulence, you know, and it's not too sunny. It's yes. not too dark. So it's just a, a good balance, like a nice summer day. Yeah, like a blank slate. It's just allowing yeah. this to happen, whatever is happening, whatever feelings are coming across. Just let it happen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so saying. let's jump in here to if this card came up in a general reading, what would your thoughts be? This would signify, I think, some kind of new beginning. Some And something that has to do with emotions mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be a relationship, like a love relationship. It could be a new friendship. It could even be a new skill something or something this could symbolize self-work and if it came reversed this could symbolize that you're starting to realize that you need to work on yourself maybe you're not fully conscious of it but you're at that place where you're just not happy so now maybe you need to turn yourself into this page of cups and you know put on these new clothes and start a new path i said that this is a playful spirit, someone who's creative and emotional. But, and I think that there's oftentimes like a negative connotation to the word emotional. Um, and as a woman, I can tell you, I hate when people are like, you're just emotional. It's like, well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong? But what with- if you are being emotional though? <laughs> right. But what's wrong with that? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, you no. know, the opposite is lacking emotion. I don't, well, it, go- it goes back to what we said before. It's just not, so it's not accepted now in society to be emotional, and we are people are basically uh, um, they're governing each other. You know, like this person is saying you're being emotional. Like we're all we're all like being prison wardens here. You know, like yelling at each other. Like everybody wants to um, immediately curb the behavior that's not socially acceptable yes. and just like push it to the background. I see the same thing. You know, when somebody passes away, you want to, like, hide all the children and not tell them what's going on. And you want to, like, hide everybody and kind of, like, sterilize it. Yes. And it's like there's – I think there's such a strength in kind of owning your emotions and being like, this is what I'm feeling right now. I'm going to put it out there, and then we can move on. Um, Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. So I also said that this this card could be a message or a um, kind of idea of 
there being potentially some type of love or creativity or seeing something with new eyes. So maybe rekindling a love or finding a new interest or going back to an old interest that maybe you haven't done um, or partaken in, in a while and kind of seeing it again with fresh eyes and being like, oh, yeah, I really appreciated this. I really loved this. Um, but again, that's going back to the youthful nature of that where, you know, kids can do the same thing over and over and over again and they love it. So let's go to our love reading here. What were your thoughts? Well, I think this card really speaks for itself Mm -hmm. in love readings, but since we are doing a podcast and we have to speak, (laughs) yeah, look at me joking. I think that it just symbolizes a new relationship. Um, if we're going to look at love, this is, uh, you know, I'm going to use that Christ aspect I was speaking of before. He's at the beginning of this journey of love. And what is he doing? The, the Christ aspect is starting to rise in that cup within him. He's starting to get to know himself because as we've said many times before, you need to be a whole person and get to know yourself or at least be on that road of self-discovery earnestly before you could try before I believe. I believe, you know, in my opinion, you should start a relationship with somebody else because especially if they're not a whole person too, you're going to try to look to each other to complete each other. And um, I think it's just not going to go well. For me, looking at this for a love reading, I obviously always try to divide it up of if you're in a relationship or if you're single. I said if you're single, obviously it could be a new relationship. And I think there's something so fresh and pure about when you're in a new relationship and there is that fixation more on not necessarily emotions, um, like, but that infatuation aspect of it. And then I said, if you're in a relationship, it's renewing your, your love or your interest, um, or that connection through whatever it is you guys used to like to do together, you know, talking or going and doing things. I think that, you know, if you are with somebody for a while, and this is not necessarily like a romantic relationship, even like friends, things can get stale and you can kind of fall into patterns and it's kind of like, okay, let's break out of this. There's nothing wrong with that, but you know, if you do something over and over and over again and it's not really stimulating you, eventually you're at the point where it's like, why am I even doing this? At least that's how I am. So um, kind of rekindling that or renewing that interest, that's how I interpreted this card if you were in a relationship. So let's move on to a career reading here. If this card came up and it was in a career reading, what would you say? Uh, You go first with this one. See, I took the love one that time. I know. I was going to say something, but I didn't want to because I didn't want you to be like, okay, you go first. (laughs) Okay. I said that um, this is um, trying something new at work. So either it's like trying taking on a new project, something you've never done before, or it's trying to reevaluate something that you're doing with a new perspective. So looking at it with a, like a fresh set of eyes or from a different point of view to kind of change things up. I think that's a, so important. You know, I normally don't really enjoy teamwork because I, I think I work best alone, um, especially like at work. But I think that there's something so powerful about having a different perspective there because if you're so fixated on your own perspective and your own way of doing things, you're literally setting yourself up for failure because you know that maybe your way will be successful, but there's millions of other ways that it could be unsuccessful. So if you have that different perspective, sometimes it like helps make your ideas stronger or better or more efficient. Um, I also obviously love tying, tying any of these cards into actual jobs. 
So I said that this would be a creative job. And what does that mean? I mean, anything that that has to do with creativity um, or kids, obviously. So like a teacher. Um, But I also said this could be someone that works as a psychic or kind of taps into their own um, intuition to kind of help guide people, like a spiritual guider or a life coach or something like that. Yeah, I'd like that. I, I also, there's really not much I can add, but quickly I can add, this could represent somebody at maybe your job or career or somebody you're going to be working with that's new and somebody you have to mentor. I am so glad you brought that up because before we move on from this card, I do want to take some time to just talk about um, if these court cards were to come up into a reading, how would you interpret them as a person in someone's life? Because I think a lot of times we can do that. So let's just, let me just jump back here for a second to the first time we talked about cups. And I do want to go back to my notes here. Um, So obviously we've talked about the signs that they're associated with. It's the water signs, but there is a physicality that is associated with each of these signs. So I think sometimes it can be helpful, um, even if we don't know male or female, to kind of say like, this would be someone who could look like this. And for cups, it would be someone who is blonde with blue eyes and like pale skin um i literally be describing myself right now and um they're medium height and their body type is a little bit more rotund it's a good description yes and soft so um i think there's like a in my, my head i think of like a cherub um obviously you're not going to be at a job, like looking for a cherub, but someone who maybe has embodies those physical characteristics. What I'm saying is like not necessarily the darker skin tones or hair tones or eye colors. Um, that's how, if they were asking about a person in their life, I would say, look for somebody that's a little bit more fair skinned, lighter hair, lighter eyes. Um, and on the, the younger side, this wouldn't be someone who's more matronly, um, or anything like that. It would be kind of a younger person, which is why I love that you said, someone that you can mentor because that would be a younger person or someone brand new to that career. Great. That's great. All right. I'm so glad I got Uh, that out um, because I do want to talk. I always like kind of uh, bringing those things in because if I do see these cards in a reading, again, very different than the number cards, like this could be a physical actual person. And I think sometimes it just helps to make somebody aware of that. Um, If you listen to the reading that I did with Amelia, um, you know, a couple months ago, I brought up in her reading somebody who was blonde, and she had just assumed that it was a man, and it turned out that it was actually a woman. So yeah, there you yeah. go. You can never assume exactly, um, but it ha- that person had the same physical characteristics. Okay, let's move on to our uh, major arcana card of the week, which is the eleven card, which is justice. So I'm going to give you kind of a brief little description here, and then we'll get into it. So the justice card. I've got two gray columns on each side, one on the left, one on the right. And this kind of gray, um, like, platform at the bottom. In the center is a figure sitting on a gray, looks like, throne or seat. They're seated wearing a red tunic with kind of like a greenish cape. In their right hand, they're holding a sword straight up, pointing towards the sky. And in their left hand, they're holding a um, set of scales. And they have a gold or yellow crown on their head. And behind them, 
draped cross in between the two pillars is um, like some kind of red curtain. And then the background that you see very minimal of is bright, bright yellow. I'm actually really proud of the description I just gave of that card because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. Um, again, if you want to see what it looks like, you can check out our Instagram or you can always Google it, Rider Weight Tarot Justice card. Okay, initial thoughts here. What did you think? Initially, looks like some kind of king because of the crown. Mm-hmm. Because every time we see justice symbolized in our society, it's mostly a lady. Yes. So we, I don't originally go there, but I mean – he does it's a person with long hair so like again the androgyny is everywhere so it could be a female and i also love how just like the magician the number one card in the major arcana he's pointing up with the sword and Mm -hmm. kind of pointing down with his hand while he's holding the scale so he's it's that other shout out to up and down heaven and hell dark and light um and then the pillars also grab me. We see these pillars in the number two major arcana card, the high priestess. Mm-hmm. But in that card, they're a little more direct because you see the B and the J, the Boaz and the Joaquin, which is also represents the light and the dark. Or it could be the feminine and the masculine. And something I just learned this week, which is it's symbolized everywhere. It's called the triptych. And it's symbolized as three doors. And it's funny because you could see it in a lot of, old structures and even newer structures that are built it's like people are still encoding it in there and they know and, and what it means is like there's a right door and a left door but the center door is always the one you want to take this is the the message for the initiates and even if you look in the painting the last supper everybody wants to focus like on the zodiac which is encoded in there which is great and like the the separations and the clusters. But if you look in the background, there's three windows mm-hmm. and the one in the middle is the largest. And if you look at the, the shadows that they cast on each adjoining wall on each side, one's lighter and one's dark. So it's that same symbol. So I, in like we talked about in the high priestess, she's the portal, she's the tunnel. And I think the way they're signifying it that way is that the middle way, that middle path is the correct way that's where justice sits right in the middle i love that i said that my initial thoughts were um a uh gentle and firm hand uh for the this figure and that for me i was interpreting that as justice can be cruel and kind and recognizing what that difference is and what each situation calls for um so it looks like this figure is sitting above things kind of as a judge and looking down at people to, to, to dole out decisions. All right, let's look at the different parts of it. You kind of already started talking about some of them, but let's mm-hmm. look at uh, the sword. Did you have any thoughts on the sword? Well, the sword is, I mean, I re- immediately go right to the suit of swords. Mm-hmm. And uh, you think about what the suit of swords represents. And also, I like to... And we're going to be talking about swords, so keep keep listening in a few months, maybe. <laughs> um, but I, I would say here quickly that it represents the strength and the power that justice has. So justice is fair and equal, but it's also swift. You know, it's it seeks retribution. I guess you could say there's there's um, it's natural law, really, is what it's embodying here. It's telling you that if stuff's out of balance, we have that sword to put it back in balance, no matter what that means. You know, it could be bad, it could be good, but it's a sword, so 
it's going to be very uh, swift. <laughs> I don't want to like jump ahead to the card that we're going to be talking about later, the other interpretation. But what I disliked about this card and I liked about the other card is like the positioning of the sword. I do appreciate like the up and down of the sword and the scales. But for me, it just came across as a little aggressive, right? I mean, they're obviously, you're right, justice can be swift. And it can also be cruel, but this almost looks like it's ready to take that stance as opposed to if they had it holding, like they were just holding it down. They could easily raise it up to kind of use it, but because it's already up, it just came across as a little aggressive for me in terms of like that's the kind of the the direction they're going to go in because it looks like they're just easily could just swipe. Mm -hmm. Um, And... So it, it came across as a little bit more um, not necessarily uh, the flip side from the Page of Cups, not being ruled by emotion, um, kind of being ruled. Well, no, I guess that maybe is being ruled by emotion. Like, I'm just going to act out whatever my feelings are here. And sometimes, you know, you can't take that kind of stuff back if you're using a sword. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep that in mind, everybody, especially uh, cancers. <laughs> All right, so let's look at the scales. What were your thoughts on the scales? I like how they, if you think of ancient Egypt mm-hmm. and the way that your soul is measured against a feather. So I love that concept because it's really is the secrets, the key. I, I believe, in my opinion, it's not about worshiping a deity or... Uh, memorizing scripture or whatever it is for me it is if you could keep your soul as light as a feather where nothing bothers you um, you're not out there in you're not out there violating natural laws which so we can also think of as like karma because mm-hmm. if you say God's law sometimes in this society it's different because people they hear God and you know we, we just had it ingrained in our head what that's supposed to mean but it means different things to different people. But if I'll just say karma here, um, if you could just not create karma in the world and do your dharma, what that means is you just follow your path. You follow the inner pull, what you feel on that middle path, like I was saying, in between these two towers, which could also represent, think about the yin-yang, which I always love to bring up because it's, it's so prevalent in this culture. You just want to stay in the middle. Like operation, like the game of operation. It's great. You don't want to hit the sides. You just want to get in there and get that funny bone and Mm -hmm. pull it out. (laughs) Same thing. Exactly. Um, See, now I'm looking at the scales and literally, obviously, exact opposite hand of the sword. The sword, there's such a strength and kind of the holding of it and like the positioning of it. And this has such a gentle hold. Um, It's like it almost looks like they're – barely holding on to these scales and they're able to stay balanced and the way that I was interpreting that is you know kind of again knowing what the situation calls for and sometimes a gentle hand is what you're looking for to keep things balanced because sometimes if you are too aggressive or too strong with something um, it will tip to one side and obviously want to try to keep things as balanced as we can yeah and I also would like to add here that there's two towers, so that's could represent the <laughs> the Second Amendment, right? And I know it's going to like stir some feathers, but at the base of the Second Amendment, in my opinion, is the right to protect what you feel is justice in your own life 
you know, on your property, in your world, um, if you want to protect that and you want to have justice in your life, this guy's carrying the sword and he's trying to tell you that sometimes that sword is needed. Mm-hmm. So, and that's another reason why I'm a, you know, I like to say that. So, yeah. But on the flip side, sometimes there is a gentle kind of hand needed for things as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I love that because I think that should always, the sword should always be the last resort. But yes. the fact that it's there and he's, he's holding it up, he's letting people know. It's kind of like when they say, you know, like locks just keep honest people honest. That's what this is. The sword is going to keep those people honest and only the crazy people are going to try or, you know, the ones who are challenging, I guess, are going to try to uh, go after him. But there is something to be said um, about concealing those arms, you know. So if you think of somebody who wants to, like, carry a gun in these day in, this day and age, it's kind of rough if you're going to open carry it. Like, in this state of Connecticut, you can actually, if you have a permit, you could put a gun on your belt and walk around. And some people think it's good. It's like, oh, it's going to discourage crime. But it's like, yeah, you're not on a police force though you know what i mean so like somebody just has to sneak up from behind and smack you so you're kind of also inviting it at the same time so it really is that balance and just like everything in life it's a balance okay let's look at the gray stone so the gray stone is going to be in the pillars and it's also going to be on the seat that the figure is sitting on and at the foot of um that seat kind of in this it looks kind of like a stage or something like that all right, what did you what did you have about that? Well, I just said that um obviously it's trying to represent stone. For me it was kind of representing that strength and that power of um I mean obviously those things can be broken and crumble and stuff like that, but I just said that there was because they're sitting in between there, it's like almost like you were talking about with that third door, um but it also made it seem like they were in between this like very these two very strong perspectives and they can choose which one they're going to kind of follow but because they're also sitting on a stone throne and sitting on this uh stone stage it's kind of like there's power in their position to know which path to choose yeah i like that and i would say to add to that it could be a warning also it could be a warning to people or society that if you don't follow this natural law you know, it's set in stone, but if you break it and you don't follow it and you smash the stone, there's not, you know, there's not a lot of give. There's no give. It's only going to hold up to a certain point and then everything's just going to be destroyed. And is that what you really want? Or if it's messed up, do you want to destroy it or should you just want to get it back into alignment? And that's mm-hmm. what I really believe we can do. And what's the best way to do that? Get yourself in alignment, get yourself in alignment. And then you are that example to everybody around you. And then if you can, the other people who are receptive, and this is what I do. This is why I podcast with Ashley. This is why I I talk to certain people. And when I find that they're interested in these kind of subjects, I'll keep going along at a pace. I think that they're comfortable with Mm -hmm. and let them do it on their own and, and figure out their own journey. And that's really how you change the world. You don't destroy what you have. You know, we, what we live in now, I'm not saying is the perfect society, but I would rather exist in what we have now and, and um, work to fix each other. And then I think we could fix society that way is, instead of doing it externally because nothing good. Ask Hitler, right? I mean, you want to try to change everything externally. That's what happens. You get this madman who gets into power. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, uh, that gets very dangerous. Even if somebody's not, that's it's really symbolized well in like you know Lord of the Rings and all these movies where the absolute power is what corrupts. So what's the way to have not absolute power? You only need to have absolute power over yourself internally, you know, not externally, above around other people. All right, well said. Okay, let's look at um, the the crown. Did you have any thoughts on the crown? I think it's just there to tell you that this natural law or this justice is king. Mm-hmm. Or or ruler. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Supreme ruler. And that's also kind of also how he's sitting up on a you know, on a pedestal, also then on a bench. It's mm-hmm. like he's showing it's showing that it's above everybody else. Yes, and I just like the tie in between um if I'm just going to look at the yellow in the card for the crown, but then there's also the yellow in the scales, there's the yellow in the handle of the sword, and then a yellow in the background. I think that really ties that concept all together. Yeah, I like that. Um, so I don't have anything else to point out in the card. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about specifically? I would say just the shroud really quickly that's going between the two. Mm-hmm pillars it's to me it's a shout out to this mystery this occulted which only means hidden occulted knowledge that you have to be ready for it you have to be prepared because just like when like in the bible when they rip down the the shroud gets ripped down in front of the torah or whatever it's that that sacred knowledge that not everybody can handle because you have to be at the right place in your, you know, spiritually and physically. And I think a great way to illustrate that is that when somebody does mushrooms or acid or some kind of psychedelic recreationally, they're not ready for it like a high school kid or whatever. And they, they see how the world, the world really is for a mm-hmm. minute, you know, like they get, and it just blows their mind. So I think that you got to be careful when you're dealing with this stuff. Um, just as far as yet, you, you have to make sure you're ready for the knowledge or, and if you're talking to other people about it, you have to make sure they're up to that level because, A, you can lose them, which I do sometimes, and then, B, you can also sound crazy, which it's not always a bad thing, but if you want to really make a change like we're talking about and change yourself and talk to the people around you, you really have to relate to the people around you. So And you have to they understand. Have to relate to you. Exactly. You have to understand where they are and kind of show them only what they're ready to see. I just finished a coding camp, and there was this – comment made by somebody like well we want to be able to do this 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 and it's like but you have to learn to to crawl before you learn to walk you have to learn to walk before you can learn to run we can't jump into to all of these things you want to do if you don't have that background base knowledge first that's right and everybody learns at their own pace and everyone has their own path exactly all right so let's go into if this came up as a jet in a general reading what would you say i would say that it's time for like a reckoning you know, there's probably something in your life that maybe you're putting off and you got to make this decision. Um, it's a decision you already know, but you got to you gotta go ahead and do it. So I could say it could mean that, and it could also mean uh, coming reverse, that maybe you need to get your life in alignment with natural law. Something's going on that's not right. Maybe your job, whatever it is you do, you might be making a lot of money, but it could what's really going on at the end of the day? Are you helping society overall? Or are you just adding to this, uh, ever fasting of, you know, of slipping off the edge of, uh, disaster that I feel like we're kind of going crazy with the society, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, are you, are you hurting people? You do, you know, do you work at a bomb factory or, you know, so 
well, I would say I, that's it's a it's a signal to look within and, and see what's going on. I took it the same way. I said doing what is right or being impartial. Um, and I said what a nice balance with the the cups card, which I think was so overcome with one side of or one facet of a person's mind, which is like ruling through emotion or living out like your feelings. Um, and I think that there's a nice balance there. Obviously, it's perfectly balanced between like a logical and emotional perspective um, in the scales. I said it's being accountable and trying to see all sides of a situation. So I think a lot of times we're so fixated on one side, which normally is our own side and our own perspective, that you don't kind of see where other people are coming from. And I'm not saying that there's only two sides to every situation. There's more than that. But kind of being able to see those, to see maybe what their intention was or what their motivation was, to see where they're coming from, and then hopefully not being able to take it so personally. And then I said that if this was another, if, it, again, it was a general reading, I'd say things are going to work out um, based on the work you put into something, and it's not going to be based on anything else. And that if you're focused on doing something, and you're doing the, the best that you can, no one's going to be able to stop you other than you. With very some true, caveats, very true. Obviously. And what yeah. did you get for a love reading on this card? Oh, look at you. Okay. So yeah. I, <laughs> I said that um, it, if it's you're in a relationship, it would be um, a relationship that has potentially like many facets or many rules it made me think of there's um a part in the big bang theory which i'm gonna guess you didn't watch that show but um i've seen a few episodes so okay I know that general premise. so so there is a part where the the main character is in a relationship with someone else and um he has her sign a relationship agreement and it's a list of rules um that that they have to kind of abide by and that kind of made me think of this card uh, or what I thought of when I looked at this card. But I said it's also um, a relationship that's both intellectually stimulating and emotionally stimulating because I said that there's that balance there with the scales. Um, and I said if you're single, that this card for me would be a, um, a suggestion of, like, don't settle or compromise because the person that you're looking for or the people that you're looking for, whatever it is that you're looking for, is out there. Um, but you need to make, like remain focused and not kind of sway one way or the other. Just stay on the path that you're on and don't just settle because you're lonely. What about you? Yeah, that's, that's, that's great advice. I'm going to add to what you said about the Big Bang Theory because <laughs> if this card came reversed in a love reading, it could signify that one of the members of the relationship is holding on too tight so mm -hmm. you have to take it to really back to the moral law aspect of it as long as you're living in accordance with moral law natural law karma whatever you want to call it and you're not harming anybody else you don't need any other rules i mean i have a whole blog it's called more laws more problems com you can go there and i talk <laughs> about a whole bunch of different things and in the basis of it is we don't need extra laws to tell us what to do there's really only one law. It's it's the moral law. So um, if you think that you're going to make somebody, you know, abide by your rules because they signed a contract, I mean, you don't know anything about human nature. People are going to do what they're going to do. They might be, for a time, they might be affected by guilt or by the sense of duty. But after a while, sooner or later, if it's not something that they feel in their head or their heart and their soul, if they're not 100% into it, they're not going to they're not going to stay faithful to this agreement with you. And then think about it. Do you really want somebody that's only being faithful to you because 
because uh, they they feel guilty if they cheat on you. They're not right. actually happy with you, but they don't want to leave you because they'll feel guilty. You know, that's so these are all things like we said before, you have to explore. There's these are just symptoms on top. You have to get to the root of it and see what's really going on. I love that. All right, let's go to this came up in a career reading. What would you think? I would say that for somebody, this might be the, the day of a reckoning. You know, I, I always talk about this where what's your path? What's your dharma? What do you feel? What do you feel pulled toward doing? This is letting you know that maybe you're on the right path. You know, if this card comes in your reading and you're beginning, you're just, say you just started a podcast about tarot and you're not really sure. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I fucking love this podcast. But if you do start something that's... um uh, it could be a new career, a new sense of income. Don't look at it as you're looking at it because you want to make money and you want to have a lot of good things. You should look at it for, is this what's right? Is this what you feel? You know, is this what you're 100% in? Just like we talked about in the relationship, just like I just talked about, it's the same thing. Are you at your job because you feel guilty because you think you need a job and you have to put food on the table and all these things? Obviously, I'm not saying you should starve your children. But, or, you know, do you, is there something else that you've wanted to do? Mm -hmm. And is your job, is it healthy? Is it, like we said before, is it hurting others? Maybe you should shift to a career that is helping others, especially if that's what you're being called to do. There's no time like the present, you know, you're just going to let this time go by and you're going to sit comfortable and then you're going to end up sick because of all this repression we talked about, so... That's so that's I really said, the theme of this whole podcast is like, don't worry about the symptoms, get to the root of the problem. And he's got that sword and that's what it's for. The sword is to sometimes you got to chop at those roots, you know, and build again, go again. And that's going to lead ne nicely into the card we're going to talk about next week, which is the hanged man. But uh, we'll talk about that when we get there. So for me, I said, if this came up in a career reading, I said it would be looking at a situation logically and as someone who has been defined as being quote unquote emotional, I can tell you that sometimes this is difficult for me, especially in job situations when you put in a lot of hard work and effort and it feels like, and again, I just use the perfect word, it feels right, like my perspective, you're being overlooked or devalued. It's kind of looking at something logically and then planning the best course of action. You don't want to just be like, screw this, I'm done, I quit. Because, you know, for a lot of people, that's not the best course of action. That's not necessarily being super smart. Um, not saying that you shouldn't do that maybe once, you know, get that experience. But, you know, being able to say like, okay, I'm not happy. Now what do I do? Or I, I don't like the outcome that this situation um, had. So how do I make sure this doesn't happen again? And then if we were going to go into specific jobs, I would say either a job in fitness, kind of work-life balance, or law and order. Duh. And I don't mean like on all the law and order shows. I mean like in <laughs> um, like law or the legal system or something like that. All right, so I feel like we're pretty good with this card. Are we ready to move on? Yes, let's do it. All right, normally we would talk about a number now, but we're done with our number series, so we're just going to look at the two different cards, the two different interpretations and um, illustrations of uh, a different deck and kind of talk about how they relate back to the cards that we've already talked about. All right, the only thing I could say about the number is that it's 11, and it's basically two ones, mm -hmm. so it could... It, depending on how you want to use it numerologically, numerologically, you can use it as an 11 
or as a two. And then you also always have to remember there's two ones there. So sometimes you have to look at them as two separate ones. How do two people work together to become two or to, to make it better? I was so torn about whether or not we should even discuss 11 because some people say that is a number that numerologically <laughs> we could talk about and, and kind of have a background and a description of. But I kind of like keeping it at 10. Yeah, no, 11, that's fine. I yeah. just wanted to add that about the 11 because I love 11 so much. So, I was part of a group in, in college called the 11 Club, you know, so read into that what you will. Um, <laughs> I don't know. All right, go ahead. Talk about our first card here. All right, so the first card we're going to talk about in the Thoth deck, which we do every week. It's the deck created by Alistair Crowley. And you can Google it and check it out. It's very interesting. This card we're talking about today is the Princess of Cups. Because I, like I said earlier, they don't have the page. They actually have the princess. So it gives us a better balance with the masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. And this card has a lot going on. It looks like there's a figure. There's a figure central. It looks like a female wearing a, what looks to be like a giant cloak. But it has the, look, the shape and the texture of a shell. And she's actually holding a shell. Well, it looks like what could be a turtle in there, some kind of creature with a shell with a turtle shell over it. Mm-hmm. And then on top of her head, there is a large goose with its wings spread. On her left, which would be our, um, sorry, on our left, which would be her right. There's a fish upside down. And then on her left, or no, it looks like she's holding. I'm sorry, it looks like she's holding a giant, maybe a lotus flower. And then also, I did not mention on her cloak. Within these different lines that look like shells, there's a pattern. It's like a ge- um, a geometry pattern. I'm sorry. There's like a triangle inside a hexagon and all kinds of crazy stuff going on at the end of each one. And like she said before, check out our Instagram at terrible two t a r o t b u l l the number two, and you can see a picture of this. What all did right, you well, think about this uh, initially when you looked at this card? I think I love that you called it like a shell, her her outfit, because when I looked at it, I just associated it with like a toga um, or like a sheet. And, you know, despite I, I read a lot of historical fiction and a lot of biographies and things like that. Um, and no one obviously really knows what happened in ancient Greece or ancient Rome. Um, but and we're just interpreting kind of texts and you know, historical artifacts, but a toga was supposed to be worn kind of at leisure and it was supposed to be able to give you the opportunity and the freedom to be able to move. Um, even though a lot of people said that they were in quote uncomfortable, which I don't really understand. So, um, I just said that looking at this, I didn't even see a shell. I said, it just gave her the opportunity to kind of have this very wide stance and cast out and hold the things that she needed to and move freely. Yeah, I like that. And then the fact that it also, to me, looks like a shell could symbolize the same thing we talked about before with a crab with the hard outer shell mm-hmm. and the soft innerness. So it's showing that sometimes you have to have that tough outer shell. But the fact that it's a toga, it doesn't mean that it's so rigid. You know, it can still move around. It looks like maybe it's one of these, like, futuristic bulletproof materials or something. You know, it's like stops bullets, but it's really comfortable. I love the coloring in this card. Um, for me, looking at it, there's like no question that it's associated with the water signs of astrology, especially you do have the fish on here, and then you do have the shell, and you do have the 
if we want to call it a turtle. Um, and we'll see next week that one of the card that we're talking about in this deck has the crab. And I obviously, as being a Cancer, love anything associated with water signs. I love the lotus. I love the idea of the lotus um, kind of growing up through the mud. And it's so beautiful. And it's able to just be um, kind of this symbol of beauty kind of overcoming the shit of maybe where it's coming from. Um, so I love the tie-in to the water signs here. Yeah, and I also like the four different displays of life like you have the lotus you have the the goose which is like a waterfowl you have a fish which lives in the water you have a turtle which needs water to survive mm -hmm. it could it could it represents so many so many different things especially because it's a princess so it's the first of the court cards it could represent that initial journey you know so you think of a turtle it starts out on land then goes to the water same thing with a waterfowl and um also the lotus we talked about the journey with that and then the fish i mean the fish is like the master of the water so it could be some kind of pattern here maybe and for me looking at it you know i'm obviously very heavily influenced by um by disney culture and i've been raised to think of like princesses um and not necessarily like being saved, that's what I'm talking about, but I mean like princesses having these connections to animals and flowers, kind of like the flora and the fauna. For whatever reason, they always show these princesses covered in flowers or having some kind of connection to the, the animals of the earth or something like that. So when I looked at this, that's what I felt. Yeah, I could see that. All right, let's talk about the next one. Yes, love it. All right, so the next card we're going to talk about is... The, actually, the eight in the major arcana, it's mm -hmm. called adjustment, but some people like to switch it around because it they feel it represents the 11 spot better, which is the judgment card in most decks. So we're going to look at the number eight in the adjustment card, and we're going to correlate that with the 11 and with justice. And so it has a, a central figure that looks like a blindfolded female but there's like little eye slits. Um, she's wearing some kind of crazy headdress that has two, that has four chains coming down, which goes to two scales on her right and left side. And she's holding a sword face down in the center of her whole body, just like goes down all the way to the ground. And she's standing tiptoe right near the edge of the sword, which I love because it represents that lightness. And, um, it looks like there's like a, a diamond actually right in the middle of this card. There's a bottom triangle and then an upward triangle with the the way the um, chains from the scale are going. Then there's four circles behind her head leading down uh, in similar, you know, there's other triangle patterns that go up and down to four other balls that are down near her feet. And I'd say if you want to know any more, check it out on our Instagram. What, what, I love oh, ahead, yeah. the balance in this card. For yeah. me, um, you know, it's the the name of the card. It says adjustment, but like I think a, a great word to describe it would be balance. Um, I don't necessarily see justice, right? Um, in terms of like as blatantly obvious as it was in the Rider Weight one, but I prefer so much this image as opposed to the Rider Weight image because it really to me shows justice, which is like she. You know, when you think of Lady Justice, right, she normally is shown with a blindfold on because it's like she doesn't need to see to be able to make these decisions and be guided. And I love that this figure has that. 
I love that inside the scales, you see the symbol of the alpha and the omega. And right now, the way that she's standing um, and the positioning she has, it is level. But I said that if it were to turn each, each uh, any of those two ways, right, if she turned her head to the left or to the right, it would kind of tip the scale. And to me, that shows either the beginning, like the alpha, or the end, the omega, of a certain situation or a feeling or whatever is going on. I love the positioning of the sword being straight down. It's not so aggressive, but she still has both hands kind of firmly planted on it that she could use it at any moment. I love the illustration of the sword because not only do you have the sword, which is what you think of as a traditional sword being like straight, but you have these two um, looks like crescent moons, um, one going up, one going down, again, giving that, that balance of maybe masculine and feminine energy or um, like light and dark. I love, I, I just love everything about this card, to be honest. Yeah, there's so much in it. I just want to talk about how it looks like a portal because with the, uh, the two triangles, mm -hmm. she's really symbolizing the exact middle way. And there's pillars. There's two pillars that you could tell it looks like on each side. But also the scales are on each side of her. So if you think of, like you said, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, it's that middle path. And if you look either way, yes. you're going to throw it out of balance. You need to stay focused on that middle path. And then I also wanted to throw in there that the two crescent moons and the sword with the two balls, if you look at it, it kind of looks like a pissed off owl or like a pissed off goose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah, so... That's what you got to do. You got to deal with that pissed off owl. But yeah, uh, I love this card. It's great. Yes. And I think, um, you know, initially I thought we were going to be talking about this when we talked about the eight card before. Um, and it kind of threw me for a loop here. But I think that this is just such a nice tie into the justice card. And for me, um, like I said, even though the word isn't justice and it, it's adjustment, I do appreciate that word adjustment because I feel like it gives you the opportunity to kind of reflect and change whereas justice seems so final to me yeah agreed all right well uh is there anything else you want to add to this episode i don't think so all right great well this was a lot of fun i had a really good time make sure you guys uh let's see if you want to check us out go to comedylol.com that's where you can find us My contact info if you want to make any comments suggestions or whatever you can do on instagram you could also email me at brandon at comedylol.com, or you could send us some smoke signals. Woohoo! <laughs> and next week we'll talk about the Knight of Cups, um, and we'll talk about the Hanged Man. All right, guys, stay terrible. Network.